Women Today. Pastor Mai, good afternoon. It is Tuesday. It's just gone six minutes past two. And this is Women Today on Manx Radio with me, Beth Espy. And me, Christy Dehaven. And this afternoon, it's a Conister Rock special to mark both American Independence Day and it is also Timble Day tomorrow, of course, July the 5th. So who better to be here with us this afternoon than a proud Manxman, a local boy who done good. Uh, he needs no introduction, really. The Late Show. Hi, it's the Late Show with Bernie for a Monday evening, and what a Monday. Our national day, July 5th. Magnificent. St John's was packed. And here we are. We're going to start a new series of Bernie's Bedtime Blankets tonight, and it'll have a bit of a national theme. The love of his life, Baby Pink. Boy, I'm delighted with the emails of me getting here now this evening. Now for uh, Terry Sloan. She says it's 96 degrees in Ashtabula, Ohio. My grandpa Roy is thinking of jumping into the grill to get out of the heat. If you like Escape with Rupert Holmes. I worked with the guy, really nice guy, Mike Moran at WCWA in Toledo, Ohio, who actually took the words from that and put them in the local newspaper, the Toledo Blade, as a classified advert. And he was absolutely staggered by the number of replies he got. They didn't know that they were writing to a disc jockey on a radio station at the time, but uh, he got... This uh, is The Nation Station, broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man. Bernie Quayle will be sharing his memories with us over the course of the next hour with the help of some pieces of music that really mean something to him. And as ever with these programmes, we'd really love to hear from you as well this afternoon. Very easy to get in touch. You can text 166-177 or email studio at manxradio.com. But Bernie, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being here. And I described you as a proud Manxman. You did. You grew up here in yes, Douglas. Yeah. Um, tell us what you remember about your childhood, first of all, Bernie. I had a wonderful childhood, fantastic, loving parents, an older brother and a younger sister, and lived in a great neighborhood with lots of kids to play with. In those days, there was so little traffic. You could play in the street all day long, not worried about the traffic. And I had a very good childhood. Um, in fact, I spent about almost a year, uh, aged about 10, in Newry County Down, which was my mum's hometown. She was from Newry, and I went to a school there that really stood me in great stead when I went to Balakameen. It was a Christian Brothers school, and boy, they were tough, those guys, I'll tell you. And you spent a lot of time in Newry because your parents ran a guest house. Yes, yeah. Um, so during holiday periods, they shipped me off to a grandma. Her last name is Ma. And so when I said, Granny Ma, you mean Grandma? Well, yes, <laughs> just to play on words. And I would spend very happy holidays with my grandma. Were you a mischievous little boy, Bernie? <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, I don't think so, but others did. <laughs> so you talked about um, that year in schooling when you were in Newry, sort of standing in very good stead um, for when you went to Balakameen. So what sort of pupil were you? Uh, I wasn't too bright. Um, I was one of the few that made it into what they called the academic grades when we went to Valakabine, A, B, and C. 
this automatically went on to take uh, GSC or it's GCSE now. But uh, yeah, I I did okay. And did you have any idea when you were little of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Uh, no, it was in the last couple of years in school that uh, my Auntie May had a, a hotel on the promenade and a guy that was staying with her was an assistant manager in Woolworths and I got along famously with him and I said, I'd love to be, you know, what you are. And he said, oh, they have training programs. And so he was the inspiration for me. As soon as I could leave school, I did. And I joined the Woolworths, the trainee manager program. And I was with them for just over four years. And you spent that time as a commercial traveler and you spent quite a bit of time in Manchester. Yeah, um, with Woolworths, I was transferred from Douglas to Belfast, then to Liverpool. And I ran the confectionery department in the front of the store in Liverpool, Church Street. And reps used to come in all the time and often would take me out to lunch. And one of them is a wonderful name, Fred Diggle, who um, I said, I envy you guys. You, you take clients to lunch. You've got a car, an expense account, and you're your own boss. He said, well, they're looking for a rep for the Manchester area. Why don't you apply? And um, he gave the area sales manager my name and uh, made an appointment, and I got the job. So that got you off Ireland, but then you actually ended up spending some time in Manchester living with a bunch of Manxies again, didn't you? Yes, yeah. <laughs> there were five of us, all Manx lads, living in the same house. It was bedlam, it really was. <laughs> because one of them worked uh, in a casino in Manchester, and so he was there, it was 24 hours a day, on the go. Wow, it must have been an incredible time to oh, be was. Yeah. young. You know, what a revolution that was going yeah. on in the 1950s and 60s. Oh, yeah. I mean, the groups that are now household names were just starting off, and we got to see them in little clubs in Manchester and Liverpool. It was, it was a great time, it really was. Well, these Conister Rock programmes, Bernie, are also about hearing your memories, but also uh, about hearing some of your favourite pieces of music as well. So tell us about the first track that you've chosen. This is one from childhood days that uh, I remember singing over and over, and in particular because I fancied a girl whose last name was Lee, and her father was the manager of a store in Douglas. He was an Englishman. And I used to sing this song to her, and she hated it. Hey, round the corner, hoo-hoo, looking for Henry Lee. Anyway, that's the first song I've chosen. Here on the corner Beneath the berry tree Along the footpath behind the bush Looking for Henry Lee Here on the corner Beneath the berry tree Along the footpath behind the bush, looking for Henry Lee. Tonight all the stars are shining bright, 
aside I have reached the meeting spot But my Henry Lee has not And I wonder can it be that he forgot Here on the corner Beneath the berry tree Along the footpath behind the bush Looking for Henry Lee Tonight as the moon begins to But my Henry Lee is late And I wonder can it be he changed his mind Around the corner, around the corner Beneath the berry tree, beneath the tree Along the footpath behind the bush Looking for Henry Lee I told Henry Lee to go away But now I am sad he didn't stay And tomorrow night if he comes a looking around for me I'll be sitting beneath the bitterberry tree. Here on the corner, beneath the berry tree, and on the footpath behind the bush, looking for Henry Lee. Looking for Henry Lee. The Weavers Around the Corner, a song that Bernie Quayle used to. Uh, unsuccessfully sing to try and woo a girl he was interested in. I can't imagine why that didn't work, Bernie. Oh, I <laughs> um, love that song, though. <laughs> um, we were just talking about your time in Manchester where you lived with a, a group of Manxies, some fairly well-known names, I'm sure, to many people here on the island. Who were they? Um, well, one, unfortunately, uh, was shot down in an aircraft. He had moved to Africa and um, a missile, thinking the plane carried Edi Amin, his name was Michael Harrogy, lost his life in that aircraft. Anyway, there was Michael Harrogy, there was Donald Kenyuk, um, uh, Jasper Kane, Ian Brown. There's quite a bunch of us. There really were. <laughs> Some wild times. Probably shouldn't ask you about any more of those at the moment, uh, Bernie. But anyway, you are listening to Women Today. It's a Conister Rock special this afternoon to mark American independence and Tim all day. Um, and we'll be talking about your American adventures a little bit later, Bernie. But being a Manxman, how important is Tim all day for you? Very important. Um, in fact, it got me into trouble in America because the 4th of July is a big day in America, as you probably know. And um, I kept going on about the oldest parliament in the world, continuous parliament in the world, uh, on American Independence Day. And I was then, uh, the program director came in and said, you better shut up about this, we're getting complaints. <laughs> well, people getting in touch this afternoon, no complaints from listeners who are delighted to hear you back on the radio, Bernie. Uh, Karen says, such a pleasure to hear Bernie and his wonderful stories. Mrs. Shows a great deal. Uh, we have some good news, actually. Uh, coming at the end of the programme, so stay tuned. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. Women Today. For music, Manx Radio. For information, Manx Radio. The station that's all hearts. And as all our regular listeners will know by now, on a Friday morning just after nine, it's Happy Anniversary. Well, this is the time of the day we pass on greetings to couples who may be celebrating their wedding anniversaries around this time. And each week, one of the lucky couples receive a beautiful bouquet of flowers with the kind compliments of Mr. Sidney McGee. 
I'll tell you more about that in a few moments' time. First of all, this Friday morning, we're saying hello and congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. W. Crebin of Bank House, the parade in Castletown. We are talking to Bernie Quayle this afternoon on the Conister Rock as part of our uh, special programme to mark American independence and also Tim Will Day in one week. Uh, we have a listener who has sent email to say, listening in from Pittsburgh just because of Bernie. Aww. Aww. <laughs> I had a message as well from Andy who says, listening to Bernie, sounding good to me. I know he's in America as well, so there you go. There you go. And that's the thing, Bernie. I know um, when you were on The Late Show, you were forever getting these people from all over the world That's texting. Right. You had yes. such a huge following. Tell us then where your radio career started. Where did it all begin? Well, I'd had a hobby making um, movies. And at the time I was working for the casino as a croupier and I was lucky enough to be on the ship. Uh, they had uh, a couple of tables on the good ship Andes. Did a complete trip all the way around Africa and I made loads and loads of movies in the various ports we stopped off in. And when I'd edited the film together, I knew the sort of music I wanted to back it. And I telephoned Peter Neal, who was working for Manx Radio, and knew Peter from childhood days. And he said, sure, come on down and have a browse through the library. And as I was browsing in the library, um, the, well, I suppose you'd call him program director, was Laurie Quayle, introduced himself, what am I doing here, who am I, and so on, I told him. He said, why didn't you apply for the job? What job? We've been advertising for a trainee presenter, and your voice seems very suited. So he brought me into the studio, did an audition tape, and I got the job the next day. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he's absolutely right. I mean, your voice is iconic, really, isn't it? And I just wonder what it was about radio that just made you think, this is where I fit. I just felt very comfortable. My father and mother, um, the radio was a major part of growing up in the 40s and 50s. And I just loved radio. I I was born to be in radio, I think. (laughs) Do you think it helps that um, you're from a, a very musical family as well, really? Cause yes, yeah. Wasn't your father and and, the, and, the, and his brothers were all sort of very musical, weren't they? Yes. Uh, there were father and three brothers formed a little jazz band. And um, my brother, uh, Terry, or Teddy, as we always knew him, um, he too uh, is in a jazz band. He plays primarily trombone, but he played all kinds of instruments, uh, my sister is also very talented musically. I'm the only one that's not. The only thing I can play is records. Well, your career um, started here then at Manx Radio, but it took you further afield. Um, let's just have a listen to this. Greetings, fellow Rap Show listeners. This is Bernie Quayle, rapping about my radio programme from 10 to 1 daily at WoHo. Oh, it's so nice to be. Exactly. Now, why would it be nice for you to be with me? Well, uh, firstly... Oh, what else can I say? I suppose being British might give me a weird sense of humor. I should laugh, but I cry. So before I really come apart, won't you join me, Bernie Quayle, weekdays from 10 to 1 at Someplace Special... W-O-H-O. W-O-H-O. So how did your American adventures all get started? I'm trying to remember now. Oh, um, 
instrumental in this was a chap that um, worked for Manx Radio at the time, Daffy Don Allen. I don't know if any of you here remembered the name, but um, he came off one of the pirate ships and um, he said, you know, um, at the time in 66, 67, there was talk that Manx Radio was going to become uh, a national commercial radio station, like a daytime Radio Luxembourg. But it wasn't to be Willie Whitelaw, who was the minister in charge of the post office, that's the company, that's the organization that doled out licenses, already had plans for radios one and two. And so he basically was geeing Manx Radio along. And uh, Don Allen said, look, if that's the case, all the ex-pirates are going to be knocking on our door. And if I were you, I'd take myself off to Canada. He gave me the address of the station he'd started at and get some real commercial radio experience. I said, well, I've got a sister in Tennessee. Even better, if you can go there. And so I went on a vacation and thinking in two or three weeks I'd learn all I needed to learn. And Pauline had made appointments for me at stations. And they said, oh, man, you've got to come and work for us. Because in the 60s, anything British, she couldn't go wrong. And so one of the stations made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Came back and I handed my notice into Manx Radio, only to find that visas were not as easily to come by. Um, I didn't get my visa and work permit for six months. And fortunately, I had an uncle who'd worked closely with the FBI when the FBI was over the casino case when they first started. That was run by Americans. And um, I was given this contact number, called him and told him of my plight. And I said, I just hope the radio station keeps the offer open for me. And he called me back the next day and he says, can you be here on Friday? I said, well, it's an expensive trip just to go to London for a chat and back again. He said, no, no, you're off to America the next day. <laughs> So that's how I got my visa. That was the back end of um, 68. And the the American station sort of took advantage of that waiting time, didn't they? Because they created a character for you, didn't they? Yes, yeah. The first I knew of this, I was told that BOAC, who was still operating then, had my tickets. They had a, a store in Regent Street to go there, collect my airline tickets. And I walked in and said... Um, my name is Bernard Quayle, and you have tickets for me. Oh, um, we've got Sir, Sir Bernard Quayle. I said, oh, that's not me. And they went off and did some investigating. They said, it is you. And that was the first I knew that the station in Tennessee had made me a knight of the turntable. <laughs> Sir Bernard, as they pronounced it. And it led to you when you uh, actually landed in America. You had quite the reception, didn't you? There are some photos, actually, of this oh, on our yeah. Facebook, but just describe it to people. Well, I um, travelled from uh, Heathrow to Atlanta, changed aircraft, and from Atlanta into Knoxville, I was sat next to a GI and a wonderful guy, the two seats next to the uh, window. When we um, pulled up, they ran the ladders up to the side of the aircraft and they opened up the crowd barriers and a huge crowd rushed to the steps 
and over the tannoy. Would Sir Bernard remain seated while the other passengers disembark? <laughs> and this guy looked at me and says, Who's that? I said, That's me. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed. Did you soon get used to it, though? Because, I mean, that continued for some time. Oh, yes, it? yeah. They they know how to do promotions over there. <laughs> um, and the programme director came running up the steps doing a live broadcast of my arrival, and then he pointed up in the sky. There was a small airplane towing a banner, and the banner says, Welcome to Knoxville, Sir Bernie Baby. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't they even have a little sports car waiting on the tarmac for yes. you? And there was sort of like the tarmac was lined with people with placards and all kinds yeah. of things, wasn't it? They uh, gave me the first TR6 to be imported into the USA with my name painted along the side. Flippinac, you really know you've arrived then, yes. don't you, Billy? Yeah. Um, tell us about your next, next piece of music because it's quite a, a fitting piece. This is a, an Elvis track. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, I first heard this track uh, just before leaving the Isle of Man. Daffy Don Allen, he was so supportive. Um, he was a great guy. Dedicated this song to me and said that our own Bernie Quayle is off to America. And he played this song and he told me to listen to the words. They would mean a lot. And they certainly did. Oh, beautiful, for spacious eyes, for For purple mountains, majesty above the fruited plain. America, America, God shed His grace on thee and crown thy good with promises. Oh, beautiful, for spacious skies, for amber waves playing, for purple mountains, majesty, above the fruiting plains.
Elvis Presley, America, uh, Bernie Quayle's uh, second music choice this afternoon in this Conister Rock special. And you being in the States led to you meeting some very interesting people. And it's some of the names that you've told me over the years of the, the famous bods, whether it's musical or actors that you've, you've uh, worked with or met. Just give us a, a few, oh. few of those names. Um, I'll tell you an interesting story. Um, one I'd introduced in concert and afterwards met up with them again at a club in um, Knoxville was Percy Sledge. Remember Percy Sledge? Yes. Yeah. When a man loves a woman and um, his entourage was there and he had his own photographer and he says, come, we'll have a photograph taken. And he put his arm around my waist and he was patting me. Man, don't you carry a piece? I said, a piece of what? <laughs> and he lifted his trouser leg up and there was a revolver strapped to his ankle. He said, a man in your business, you've got to have a piece. I said, no, I I, I wouldn't want one. But, um, uh, oh, met so many different people there. That must have been quite a dramatic change. Somebody from the Isle of Man, you know, a young guy from the Isle of Man going off and being dropped into those sort of situations. Yes. <laughs> I had times I had to pinch myself. I couldn't believe what was happening. I remember saying to Paul, like two different people, there's me, Bernie Quayle, and the image they created, Sir Bernard. And, um, oh, it was a, a fascinating time. It really was. We're talking more to you in just a moment, Bernie, but you're listening to Women Today on Manx Radio, 27 minutes to three now. Women today. Let me give you an example of what we were doing. I had this uh, demo tape from Pepper Tanner, and Chris had tried to persuade me to sing. Where the normally the the jingle company would come in with the you know the singers. Uh, this is what it sounded like. This is Manx Radio in Douglas. Well, as you can imagine, we didn't use that one. I can't think why, Bernie. Um, <laughs> just explain what was going on there to us. As I mentioned, Chris was Chris Krukall, uh, a local boy who made good in Canada under the name of Chris Paulson. But um, Manx Radio didn't have its own jingle package. And so we had written to all the jingle companies asking for demo tapes that Chris and I carefully edited and made our own jingles uh, I mean, that was a dreadful example you just heard there now. <laughs> Some are very good. I'm not going to lie, Bernie, I don't think that was the best, no. Well, um, just briefly, um, one morning I was doing the breakfast show and um, the first gentleman came through the door, an American. He said, I was listening to your station on the way from the airport. He says, mighty fine radio station, very interesting jingles you're playing. I said, oh, yes, and I was demonstrating how we'd... He was a rep for Pepper Tanner, the jingle company. <laughs> he had us over a barrel. <laughs> so that was how we had to buy our first jingle package. Well, Bernie Quayle, we have been hearing some of your, your tales in America. I'm sure there are many, many more. I just wonder why, when you have that, that level of stardom, you have that adoration that you had over there, what brings somebody who's experiencing all that back here to the Isle of Man. Why did he come back? I was homesick. 
simple as that. I miss my mum and dad. They were getting on in years, and I didn't want to miss the 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 last years together. And I mean, I was fed up with the all the ballyhoo that went with the the name I had at the time. I just wanted to be home, just be me, Bernie. But there was no doubt that you wanted to be back here at Manx Radio. Yes. How did that come about? Then? Oh no, I I didn't. I I um, that was months after I arrived back home. Um, I can't remember how it came about now. But anyway, I must have been on the island for three or four months before I started back at Manx Radio. And I was delighted to uh, run the first late show that um, in the format that I wanted to do it in. And the thing with radio, and I, I don't know whether it is exactly the same nowadays, really, because of the way that everything has changed, but... Um, certainly when you were doing The Late Show, first of all, here on Manx Radio, you were a friend to so many people. I mean, people yeah. tuned in to hear you. They felt that you were really talking to them. And that's that's a huge power of radio, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. Um, it's the, the music is important, but it's having a friend on the other side of the radio. Um, at times, it was um, quite awesome. The letters I would get, not emails, but letters... Um, how much it meant to them. We've had um, an email from David Quirk who says it's great to hear Bernie back on the radio. Can you ask him, does he remember Marge Jockin and the fun he had talking to her <laughs> on the radio? Oh, God. <laughs> Dear Marge, yes. Um, she was the bane of the talk shows. And um, one afternoon, she invited me out to tea. And I went to tea at Marge Jockin's house, and we got on like a house on fire. We really did. A lovely lady, really. And you also had um, other famous friends. Um, we've just got a clip here of uh, Barbara Gibb. Let's just play that, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about your association with the Bee Gees. So it's no wonder that your sons have got this love for the old I music. I think so, yes. Yeah. I think, oh yes, they all, even Andy, as young as he was, loved all the old stuff. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He and Barry used to sing all the old songs from the war, and I'd never taught them. Them. My goodness. Do <laughs> you remember the harmonies? <coughs> on on <coughs> Alexander? <coughs> oh, yeah. So uh, so Gosh. if I was to choose... <coughs> I ride to the high. Mama, be the top one. I remember the words. Come on in here, come on in here, Alexander's ragtime band. Come on in here, come on in here, it's the best band in the land. Well, he could play a bugle call like you never heard before. Cut that out. Cut it out. And it was a, a very strong friendship you had with that family. Yeah, the nice thing is their personal manager, Dick Ashby, said that in all the interviews he sat in with them, he's never, ever heard them open up as much as they did with me. I said, because we're all Manx, you see. And yeah. that, that was the, the, the pivotal role you played, really, in coaxing them to really acknowledge their Manx heritage. Yeah, well, this started, um, it was a TV show, and they said um, they've returned from Australia to their home in Manchester, where the boys originally came from. And so I, uh, as they were touring in Britain at the time, I managed to track down their personal manager, and I said, I'd like to do an interview and see if I can get them to tell the truth as to where they came from. And uh, he gave me Barry's telephone number, and Barry said, you know, oh, I would be delighted. 
And so I did a series of interviews with the boys where they openly acknowledged their homes in the Isle of Man, where they were born. And you actually went out to the States to do that, didn't you? Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, fortunately, they paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> and again, something else, which I know must be an extremely proud thing for you to have been involved in, is that recording of Ellen Vannon. Yeah, I, um, Robin um, was looking for a place to buy on the island and I was driving him around and there was a choral version of uh, Ellen Vannon being played on the radio. He said, I love that melody. He said, could you give me the music? And I said, yes, sent him the music with the words. And then a few weeks later, he called me and he said, take a listen to this. And I got goosebumps. <laughs> He said, do you think we could release that? I said, oh, God, if you release that, you'd s at least everybody in the Isle of Man would buy it. And then they did the big concert at Wembley, and they had, didn't they have um, Manx flags and That's footage right, of yes. the Isle of Man at yeah. the concert in Wembley? Yeah. David Cretney, um, I arranged for David to, uh, to be there to present them with Manx flags. And uh, David was over the moon, too. Had some photographs taken with the boys. But uh, it was a very proud moment there in Wembley Stadium. Well, um, Bernie Quayle, let's talk about uh, your next piece of music that you've chosen. And um, this is Irish Eyes Are Smiling. Why have you chosen that? Oh, it's for me, Mum. God rest her soul. <laughs> And when I 
Bing Crosby, Irish eyes are smiling, and uh, that was for your mum, Bernie Quayle. Yes, it was. My mum, God bless her, uh, she was from Ireland, and I'd been at Bank Radio just a couple of weeks, just basically doing odd jobs. And the first time I was to do a live program, uh, it was in the afternoon. I was home for lunch. We lived very close to the station then. It was on uh, the promenade. And I was terrified. And Mum said, just relax. When you're sitting in front of the microphone, just picture me on the other side and talk to me. And that's all I could see. You're listening to Women Today here on Manx Radio, a Conister Rock special this afternoon with Bernie Quayle. We'll be back just after this. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. Women Today. It is 11 minutes to three and after three o'clock, it's Alex in the afternoon being looked after this afternoon by uh, Ben Hartley because Alex has uh, jetted off to, I'd say, warmer climbs, but Blackpool. It's probably just as foggy there as it is here, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yes, but he, he's there. So I'm here and uh, lots on the programme today. Two for Tuesday with Domino's Pizza. So we're hopeful there might be a little delivery a bit later. And we've got the challenge as well. Now, Alex has been doing these kind of riddles, I suppose. I would never have got the one that he set today because uh, I know we're going to come on to similar things shortly, aren't we? And I'm no good at those at all. But uh, we'll see if you are a little bit later. And Gogglebox Guru today, it's a show you'll know. But will you know the theme? You know, it's one of those. You know, you know what I'm like for these. So, uh, yeah, it's a show you'll definitely know. One of your favourites, Ben. Do you know, it's not right up there. I, I did, I did view it, but not not avidly like I have done with various other programmes. But uh, yeah, we'll see how you go with that. And lots of good music and plenty more all coming up after three. Thank you very much, Ben Hartley, with you after three o'clock. But we have been talking to Bernie Quayle this afternoon and the Conister Rock special uh, as part of our celebration for American Independence Day today and Timor Day tomorrow. Roy Kay's been in touch to say, Bernie, so lovely to have you back on the radio. And Ben was just talking about riddles there and mm. something you're very famous for is the odd brain teaser. How did they all come about, first of all? Well, I wanted to run a little competition on a daily basis, and I enjoyed brain teasers. And so I started doing some research, finding them from all kinds of areas around the world. And I had a brain teaser every day. And I had to request, you ought to put those into a book. And I eventually did. And thanks to uh, the man in printing, printed a book of Bernie's brain teasers, and it raised over a thousand pounds for Manx children in need. I was so pleased with that. Had a very interesting a picture of you on the cover. <laughs> it was a, a, obviously a cartoon drawing, I yes. should say. Um, but we've got a little bit of news about the brain teaser, Christy. We have, because uh, we did invite uh, Bernie to come back in a couple of weeks ago, and we have recorded some brain teasers, haven't we, Bernie? So, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so we will be uh, restarting the brain teasers as part of Women Today in the coming weeks. So I'm very excited about that. Bernie's voice will be back on air doing some brain teasers yeah. for us. Women Excellent. Today reintroducing the brain teaser. Basically, we just want all your listeners from around the world actually <laughs> yeah that's the only reason we're doing it um, <laughs> but uh currently uh something you are quite interested in bernie is the cycling i'm assuming you're enjoying the tour de france at the moment but again you've got quite a history in your family with regard to that because your granddad was instrumental in in cycling over here no my father my granddad that's why i confused oh, you did confuse <laughs> yeah me. 
my father and his brother Leo Quayle, um, there was no cycling club on the island at this time. And my father had been appointed because um, running a guest house, a boarding house, they applied to the CTC, the Cyclist Touring Club of Great Britain, to get a plaque outside the house to attract cyclists looking for accommodation. And um, one of them was a guy from Bolton who said he couldn't believe there was no cycling club here on the island and encouraged Dad and Leo to do something about it. And he gave them a lot of help and cooperation from Bolton. And so they were the two that actually started Manx. Well, it wasn't. It was then called Viking Wheelers. And when they registered with the CTC, they were told they can't call it Viking Wheelers. It has to be. There was already one in Scotland. Uh, so they put the prefix of Manx. And that was all right. And you also had a very uh, artistic grandfather, speaking of grandfathers, didn't you? Oh, grandfather, uh, E.C. Quayle, um, how he was a prolific painter. Uh, You'll see paintings, mostly seascapes, of his all around the island and homes. And I was fortunate to have known him briefly. He died in 48, I think it was. But he had a studio above the basket weaver's shop on the quay in Douglas, and I remember going down with a belly can of soup and some bread from my mum for him. He was working away. And I was just in awe of this chap, just his appearance, his long white hair. And, oh, he did a little thing. He says, do a squiggle on that piece of paper. And I'll make something of it. And I did what looked like an elongated letter S. And he turned it into a naked lady. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, it has just been wonderful having you with us on the programme this afternoon. And that's not just us talking. We obviously have had so many texts and emails from people uh, saying how lovely it is to hear you back on uh, on the radio here. We are going to be reintroducing the uh, brain teasers, as we say, in a couple of weeks. There are so many stories we haven't talked about. Mike Halewood, you had some interesting tales with him. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, we've got another message from Karen saying, great show, such a lovely, lovely man. Um, yeah, yeah, there are so many stories, aren't there, Christy? That there I think... are. And, and, you know, he's been so humble about it because um, having that sort of family link with Bernie here over the years, I've heard so many things that he's talked about, especially with regards to America and all the different people that he met. And I was just looking, there's just been an announcement of a, a Tom Jones concert, the proms later this year, and he's going to do a special tribute to Stacks with people like Sam and Dave. And weren't you sort of oh, yes. hanging around with them? Yeah and with the drifters and yeah. you know sort of going to going off to try and find Johnny Cash and interviewing ending up with Roy Orbison all these different yeah. stories he's got are just incredible so he's, he's been very humble about it today I have to say <laughs> you certainly have Bernie thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and sharing uh, some of your musical memories with us this afternoon we're going to be hearing your final uh, piece of music in just a moment but if you've missed any of today's programme you can listen again online at manxradio.com for the next seven days and there's also uh, the Women Today blog which will be on Manx Radio com as well but uh, tell us about the final piece of music that you have chosen Bernie well it's a piece that Paul McCartney has done that uh, I feel is an inspiration and I really do wish for the content of this song to become a reality it's called the pipes of peace Bernie Quayle, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. Looking forward to the brain teasers. Uh, Stay tuned to Women Today for more information about that. We won't be back tomorrow, back on Thursday. Hope you can join us then. I light a candle too on the 
Women Today 